Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio. We're going to record episode number 115. Coach Don and I have got a really good topic for you today. We're going to talk about matching up our coaching with the levels of player that we're really coaching so that we know for sure that what we're teaching is reaching the kids that we have. Before we do that, let's talk about the sponsors, Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. Let's talk about patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. If you're in a position where you can help us, become a patron. There's three different levels of support. If you go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch, it's all explained to you there. We're very proud of the group of patrons that we have. They're doing an amazing job of supporting us, but it would be great if we could add a few more people to that group. So just go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. So Don, one of the things I think that we all have to be realistic about is when we're coaching, players that we're coaching are all at a certain level. Sure. And it's up to us as coaches to kind of match up the content that we're delivering, the things that we're trying to teach with the level of player that we're actually coaching. If I'm coaching a very inexperienced eight and under team, there are certain things that I think are highly important, highly uh, valuable for those kids that might not match up very well if I've got a really talented 18 and under team. And sure. just like there's things that I would teach those really good, you know, soon to be college level 18 and under superstars might not match up very well with the younger kids on an eight and under 10 and under 12 and under kind of team. And so I think it's important for us as coaches to be thinking about that and making sure that what we're trying to accomplish matches up with the kids that we're coaching. So I think being realistic, like you said, as much as we'd like for them to be at a different level, we've got to get them there, right? Just as you said, rather than working on, uh, rundown techniques with that eight and under group we need to spend a lot more time making it fun to hit a target with throwing and right you know making those kinds of things learning uh, how to slide rather than hook slide try and keep it uh, reasonable and just as much as we want for it to be a different level to to make it appropriate so i think that's a great topic yeah when i think it's a challenge because i think that no matter what level player we're coaching we all want to challenge them. We want to make sure that we're not cheating them out of the opportunities to learn new skills or to you know, become a better player. But I think we also have to be realistic about the steps that we need to take to get there. Sure. And the example I use all the time is if we have a shortstop who's really struggling just to field a, you know, a routine, you know, slow rolling ground ball that's within a three foot circle of where she's standing. That player needs to be taught us, you know, and, and we need to be coaching to a certain level. And it's not going to be the same that we would if we've got a really strong kid who's already really good at that position. You know, the really good player, what she might need at practice is, you know, a whole lot of repetitions with you hitting nothing but missiles at her. For that, you know, really inexperienced young player, it might need, mean a whole lot of reps where Right now, we're just working on rolling her a ground ball and helping her get her body in the right position to field it. I was going to say, with those missiles right at her, good luck trying to get her in front of the ball, right? And that's the first thing is 
trying to field it between your toes. Yeah. So keep it real and don't not expose her to a crossover step for a backhand just because she's eight, but don't do all of them like that, right? Right. And and I think that's the challenge. And so so let's say if I'm, you know, sitting down planning out the plan of attack for the team that I'm going to be coaching this year. I think, you know, we start off with doing an honest assessment of what what's our skill level, what are our strengths, what are our weaknesses, and try to, you know, begin laying out a plan, you know, a strategy from a coaching perspective of how do we, you know, start to address those weaknesses? How do we start to solve some of those challenges? But to do it in a logical, methodical kind of way that allows the players to to get better, to grow, but not be overwhelmed or be overmatched at any point in the process. I think having some success, right, and feeling like you are able to accomplish some of the challenges your coaches put out there is important and keeps us excited about the next day, right? So I like what you're saying about trying to have a plan to slowly increment, you know, new and, and tougher challenges and yeah. still allowing them to feel accomplished. Yeah. Right. And and one of the things that I think is all of our potential trap that we can step into from a coaching perspective. We all have certain things that we really like that are like our favorite favorite parts of the game. It you know, we kind of gravitate towards those things. And so if I'm a hitting guy and I really love hitting, you know, that I'm going to be drawn towards trying to work on that. Sure. Um, if I'm a, a defensive whiz, that I, you know, I'm going to probably have, be drawn towards that. But I think that we have to make sure that what we're most excited about, uh, excited about that we're matching that up with, again, the, the, the level needs. of the kids and the need. So it, it might not be, if uh, defense is my thing, you know, it, it might not be trick plays. It might not be pickoff plays. It might not be gadget plays. It might not be cutoffs and, and relays to start with. It might be, as you said earlier, you know, putting up a bonnet and, and making a throw from 15 feet away and being able to throw the ball into the, you know, the sock part of the net. Yeah. It might be, you know, being able to do that after you take two steps to your right or two steps to your left. It might be, you know, uh, whatever the level of player we have dictates what the target that we should be aiming for. And then once we think about it, you know, like a speedometer in your car, when you hit the accelerator, you don't go from zero to 120 instantly. Right. It slowly but surely gains <laughs> momentum. You slowly but surely see the numbers click off. And I think softball training needs to be the same way. When we go from zero, you know, eventually we want to get from zero to 100, but we can't get from zero to 100 in an instant. It's going to yeah. take, and it might take years to get from zero to 100. It might take months. It might take weeks. But so we have to make sure that we're, you know, slowly but surely progressing our way through the list, you know, up the speedometer, up the chart so that we can cross off. Okay. Now she can actually catch the ball. Now she can catch the ball when she's moving. Now she can catch the ball when she's running at a full sprint. Now she can catch the ball when she's running and she had to drop step or over her left shoulder and then over her right shoulder, whatever those different markers are going to be. And then as we you know cross those things off the list, then we can keep moving up to the next highest thing. But I know I've done enough of the rent-to-coach things now and had a chance to work with a lot of different kinds of teams and a lot of different coaches. I can remember you know watching 10-year-old kids that barely could throw or catch and you know the second or third thing that the pra- you know, that their coach had on the practice agenda was pickoff play. To me, thinking about well, if we can't throw it and we can't catch it, we can't who, pick off. Yeah, who who are we really tricking with these tricky plays? You know, we're probably tricking ourselves as much as we're tricking the base runner, because if I can't catch it and all of a sudden the, that throw is coming from 
a more abrupt, faster, sneakier person throwing it to me, I'm probably less likely to even be able to make those plays. And so let's make sure coaches, as we're planning our practices, we're doing some assessment along the way. Here's how I think we can kind of pay attention to this or or make sure that we're, we're understanding it. If your practice seems so easy that the kids are really good at everything and nothing is challenging them, then it's time to move up the next notch on the speedometer. If we're going to practice and nothing seems to be working well and we're not good at any of the stuff that we're trying to do or we're only good at half of the stuff that we're trying to do. Time to step it back. Yeah, maybe we need to take the foot off the gas a little bit and, and kind of coast a little bit until we catch back up. You know, I think that it, we, we just want to make sure that we're not driving ourselves crazy. We're not you know, driving our players crazy because we're asking uh, you know, players that are just unprepared, not quite ready, to do some of the stuff that we think they should be able to do. And we're not going to force it. We're not going to be able to make it happen. It's going to take the time it takes for them to get to the point that they can do those things. You know, Dick Vitale always says on uh, ESPN Basketball that you can train a mule as hard as you want, but it's never going to win the Kentucky Derby. Right. I think a lot of us have Kentucky Derby visions in our mind when we think about what our coaching should be like, but we've got kids that are still in that mule or quarter horse stage where they're just not quite ready to get out there and run with the thoroughbreds just yet. No, I think that's exciting. And uh, again, just spending time with them, right? And as you're describing things with the bow net, um, you know, I'm thinking about at the beginning of the season, we're 10 feet away from the bow net and the kids are hitting half of their throws within that box that's in the bow net as a strike zone. Right. And then, uh, you know, a month later, now they're back 15 feet and then 20 feet. And then by the end of the season, you know, they're making long throws that are that are hitting their mark. So, yep, little steps, and uh, we can all get where we want to be in the end. Right, and and the goal is we want the players to get better, and we want to have fun while we're seeing that happen. Let them have some success. Yeah, yeah. so good deal. So that's going to wrap up number 115. As always, please check out our sponsors, Anderson Bat and Patreon.com. If you have questions, ideas, or suggestions, please make sure you reach out to us at fastpitchprep at gmail.com or everythingfastpitch at gmail.com. Coach Don and I always want to make sure we're talking about stuff that you're interested in, and we would love to hear from you if uh, you have any ideas or suggestions. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>